We had a perfectly good show planned for you, and then the Chiefs did something I thought had absolutely no chance of happening, derailing us with punter news at about three-something on uh, February 22nd. That's a Thursday, and this is Only Weird Games. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Only Weird Games, formerly known as Time's Ours. Welcome to Only Weird Games. I am Joshua Briscoe here with Nate Taylor. Seth Heiser is sick today. This up before the news of the day as he continues to sort of um, just be away when there are legal ramifications around the Chiefs. Um, so that notwithstanding. Yeah, we go to our legal expert, Seth Kaiser. Crickets. Um, Cricket. Hello, hello everyone. Um, it's a gorgeous day in my beloved Kansas City. I am outside. Uh, I don't know how it sounds acoustically. Um, my... My assistant picked this spot. Um, <laughs> and look, you know, should I give a real uh, representation, a real reenactment, Josh, of Absolutely. what my what my day was earlier? It was absolutely. It was, um, you know, being outside, being a, a gentleman of the town, <laughs> uh, holding my phone, <laughs> <laughs> and going. Adam, what? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry, what? Now, did I know Tommy Towns is not going to punt for the Chiefs? Yeah, I knew he wasn't going to punt for the Chiefs next season. Um, I will explain that here in a minute. But also, we got to make this decision, as you said, on February 22nd? Could have been beating his door down, man. Who knows? Who knows how many teams are breathlessly waiting to sign him at any point over the last 18 months? Um, so, as I told the fellas in our lovely text chain, um, ladies and gentlemen, I am technically on vacation from writing, and I believe what I told the boys is, thank God it's this week. Because <laughs> why would I want to write about Potter News? Yeah, it's not this Potter News. Yeah, this Potter News. Yep. So, what I did was write about punter news a little bit ago. Why don't you, Nate? Because I'm gonna just I'm gonna do a bit that also usually falls to Seth, which is reading something I wrote earlier today at great length. Yes. In this yes. case, I think it's because it's the most responsible way for me to do that. Why don't we start with Tommy Townsend? Because it's gonna be very hard to do this in the inverse. I think. Um, why don't you lay out how you knew that Tommy Townsend was not gonna be back with the Chiefs? And and honestly, if there want if we want to have a Tommy Townsend appreciation moment, this is the this. Well, is the yeah, we really it. should. Right. Um. Let's not forget Tommy Townsend was undrafted during the COVID season in 2020. Um. He had to fill in some pretty, I mean, the largest punting shoes in Chiefs history, maybe outside of Louis Aguiar. Um. Shout out to Louis. Um. Great. In replacing Dustin Colquitt, who had been on the team for essentially 15 years. Had been through the downs. Obviously, he got to be a part of the Super Bowl winning team in 2019. So, 
it wasn't just that, hey, you're getting coached by Dave Tobe. Um, you were very good in college at Florida. Um, you know, the the book on him was that holding needs some work, mm-hmm. which became a part of the 2022 season when Dustin Colquitt literally criticized him for how he was holding, criticizing him to the point that he actually got good at it just yeah. in time for the Chiefs to win a Super Bowl. Um, but no, Tommy Townsend is, is, a, is a lovely character, um, you know, boyishly looking, uh, extravagant hair. Um, you know, I hear he's quite uh, a, a lady magnet, um, mm. you know, and now with all the success came, you know, who you want to tell who when a punter, uh, when Nate's frozen, so I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to play people. Sorry, Nate. I'm gonna have to play through contact today because the internet connection yeah, is not the the most solid it's been. So if I if I jump in and end up trampling you, I'm sorry. I I, I just I you, you froze That's right fine. upon your request, which is just that I I was under the assumption yes. that when a punter hires Drew Rosenhaus, it's probably time for free agency. Yes, yes, yeah. So um, Drew Rosenhaus showed up. For training camp, had a long discussion, long lengthy discussion with Tommy Townsend, and we knew, we knew at that point, kids, um, because what I would like to remind people is, training camp is one of those natural moments for agents and player personnel, general manager, coach, for them to talk about obviously not only the upcoming year, what my guy's role is going to be, how you're going to, you know, sort of improve him from last year to this year, but also like the understanding that like, Hey, is my guy going to be back? Do you want him back? How does the season have to go for him to um, ensure his services are secured past this season? As I said before, Tyron Matthew went through this. The chiefs always pivoted towards that particular season which in hindsight kind of let us know he's not coming back for the following season because he doesn't have a contract for next season. Tommy Townsend, on a lesser degree, was in the same boat. So with him hiring Drew Rosenhaus, Drew Rosenhaus is get me my money agent. Uh, ask Tyreek Hill, ask Terrell Owens, ask anybody that, or the majority of people that Drew Rosenhaus has represented. So that was the understanding and, of course, Tommy Townsend is a Pro Bowl caliber punter. He had another very good season. And even when he struggled at times, he was still able to throw the most impressive pass in a football game of the Kansas City Chiefs on Christmas Day with Nickelodeon broadcasting. And he's now a two-time Super Bowl champ. So uh, the money's going to be there for him, and the Chiefs felt like they needed to pivot, I guess, sooner rather than later. Look, guys, punter is not on my radar. It's just not, not right now. Yeah. And I and I do want to get the sense. I do want to give the sense too that before I let you read, Josh, about just who the apparent you know replacement is. If you don't think Dave Toe is going to find another punter who went undrafted in a couple of months, you're fooling yourself. So there's a chance of competition, and there's a chance that even though. They may have signed somebody new today. It doesn't necessarily mean that that person is guaranteed a spot for the 2024 season. He is guaranteed a spot in the conversations we're having today and tomorrow, and then eventually 
at the combine next week, and that's where the Chiefs have have left this. So um, I'll give you like the the brief kind of warning on the front end. I'm not going to go into all of the details from the original story, which is some of those are like horrific in a way that I would rather not talk about. Um, but the reading I will do now includes like the actual phrasing of allegations and everything. So if you're working around little ears or whatever, a little bit of a content warning before we talk about the punter the Chiefs just signed. Yeah, sort of part of the yep. exasperation in my voice. Um, and mm. if everybody could just be cool in the comments for two minutes, this entire thing, very purposely, I wrote this on ArrowheadReport.com earlier today, it's very purposely goes chronologically through a lot of things and gets statements and, and quotes from multiple sources inside. So I did my best to, to summarize it in a way that could make sense both to read and to hopefully listen to here now. Because the news is that the Chiefs have signed punter Matt Ariza, who you may remember as being punt god, air quotes, in college. He he won all of the punting awards you could ask for his final yes. year in college. Yep. The Bills drafted him in the sixth round and then released him in August following a gang, a gang rape allegation in a civil lawsuit dating back to his time at San Diego State. So a couple Ooh. of things here from just the rundown. This is from August 22nd, 2022, the Associated Press summarizing the lawsuit Ariza was facing. Matt Ariza, the quote punt god who led San Diego State to a record-setting season before being drafted by the Buffalo Bills, and, and two of his former Aztec teammates were accused in a civil lawsuit Thursday of gang-raping a teenager at an off-campus party last fall. The lawsuit filed in San Diego Superior, County Superior Court accuses Ariza and two others of gang-raping a then 17-year-old girl at a Halloween party at a home where Ariza had been living. The plaintiff, now 18, this was again a while back, is identifying yep. the plaintiff as Jane Doe because she was underage at the time. Correct. So the lawsuit's filed and the Bills release Ariza shortly thereafter. Um, Brandon Bean discussed that after the decision was made. The Bills GM, here's what he had to say in part. This is not the full thing, but this I thought was sort of the most important bit. Uh, Brandon Bean says, I would say the last 48 hours has been very difficult for a lot of people. It's been tough and we sympathize with this whole situation, all of the parties involved. This young woman, what she went through, you really feel bad for the whole situation. And ultimately, this is a legal situation and we don't know all of the facts. That's what makes it hard. But at this time, we just think it's the best move for everyone to move on from Matt and let him take care of a situation and focus on that. So we're going to part ways there. Then in 20, December 2023, Ariza was dropped from the lawsuit and Ariza, quote, agreed to dismiss his defamation countersuit against her, according to the AP. Following the dropped lawsuit, Ariza and his lawyers maintained Ariza's innocence, while the woman's attorney reportedly said she, quote, simply cannot afford to defend herself after her first legal bills exceeded $20,000. Which, which is terrible to the justice system terrible. and the court system in America. The lawsuit at this point against four other former San Diego State players did continue without Ariza being a part of it. Um, according to a story in Yahoo Sports, the district attorney's office concluded that Ariza was not present at the time of the alleged rape. This is quoting from the Yahoo Sports story. I believe this was Dan Wetzel writing about this. A fuller picture of what police and prosecutors found, however, is now available via a 200-plus page transcript obtained by Yahoo Sports of a 100-minute meeting in which a deputy district attorney offered a detailed explanation to the girl and her attorneys. Perhaps most notably, the district attorney's office concluded that Ariza couldn't have led the girl into the alleged gang rape because he, quote, left, unquote, the home at about 12.30 a.m. an hour prior to when evidence suggested the alleged gang rape would have occurred. Quote, he wasn't even at the party anymore, Deputy District Attorney Trisha Amador explained. Later, uh, Amador stated of the timeline of events, quote, all I know is at that point, suspect Ariza is gone from the party. That is... The details that we have at this point, the district attorney leaves it at the point where, again, where Ariza would not have been there 
at the time. Um, the lawsuit continued. I, I saw something as recently as earlier this month about the lawsuit, again, independent of Ariza's role in it. Um, but that's that is the long read and the, the best encapsulation of the story to this point that I have. Is there anything, Nate, that you want to add on any degree of that? Uh, every general manager would have done what Brendan Bean did. And can't wait. Can't wait. When do you think it'll be made available to reporters, Josh, as a member of the Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know. Training camp? Definitely not before training camp. And maybe not training camp. Uh, I do want to shout out Adam Shahia for saying that Tommy Townsend is about to go on the most ridiculous po- post-Chiefs podcast run. Yeah, uh, in recent memory, <laughs> will Drew Rosenhaus be recording the podcast from his car, from the backseat, driving his kids? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So, what most NFL teams will tell you, uh, again, I am technically like off from reporting, but in just general context, what most teams will do is do their own independent investigation, their own independent background check, and. I mean, did they have a workout with him? Like, did they send a team usually would send a scout to Matt or to whoever is out there just to get a quick glance, a quick look um, to see what the condition of the player is in. So I don't know if that happened, Um, but I'm just saying it's possible uh, that you could have like a a mini private workout. Let me see how you're doing. Uh, There's been clearly communication from both sides. Uh, I thought it was this podcast does not need to this podcast does not need to enter the realm of criticizing agents but can I criticize an agent Josh? Yeah, you know it's like one of my agent? favorite things to do I think that's that's criticize an agent before the combine before I see him face to face potentially um, now look I'm going I'm to pull it up Agents are not in communications, okay, guys? They're about numbers, statistics, financial situations. You know, hey, what's my guy's role? Dude, does he fit? Does he like the city or the area that he could be living in? He's always wanted to play with X or play for or Y. This is not an agent's job. But come on, dog. Come the hell on. Uh I'm looking for it now. I have it too. If you want it, the from the from his agency today. Just yeah, just read it, buddy. Just yeah. He, the JL Sports tweeted: uh, We are proud to announce that our client Matt Ariza has signed with the Chiefs. We are grateful to Brett Veach, Coach Reed, and the Chiefs organization for giving Matt this opportunity. Matt has been uh-huh. to hell and back in the last 18 months. He has handled. I'm sorry, what? Grace and humility, and that is I'm truly sorry, inspiring. What? Matt can now I'm move sorry, forward what? knowing that this ordeal is behind him. He is thrilled to move forward as a part of Chiefs Kingdom. I'm but sorry, Chiefs what? Kingdom. Did he just? Did, I'm sorry. You got a let your client got a les for rape, yeah. and that, that's the phrase you want to use. Come on, bro. Come on. Come on. Just say you're grateful. Period. Okay. Yeah. Keep it short. They they need you didn't need to bring Keep, it to two tweets. This man said he'd have been to hell and back. Not to get hyperbolic or just the pure definition of the word, but nah, buddy. Just say you grateful. I look forward to continuing my career. Put a period on it already. Yeah. Um, 
There are a couple of things here that I'm going to... Nate, you tell me, should I... Do you want me to start from the team side or the fan base side? I don't think I'm going to, like, get super soapboxy, but I've got both. Do it from the fan side, because I think there's a... Look, nothing's going to come out of this legally, based on our understanding of the situation right now. So, um... He was never proven guilty, therefore, technically, he is proven innocent, even though we never really got... I don't know that I would use the word proven on anything. Yeah, I don't know. But that's that's kind of my point, right? Is like, most people will say, well, well, I guess he's innocent, because he just... Nothing came of this. But also, there's there's always the the facts and the context and the, the nuance within that, right? Like, you can label it that way. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying you can label it that way. So I think for some fans, they may say, well, look, like, not a whole lot came out of it other than an allegation, which you should take seriously, but nothing really came of it. How am I supposed to feel, Josh, when he boots the ball because Patrick Mahomes in the offense randomly didn't have a great drive, you know, even though they call him punk god, but he's technically never put it in the NFL? Yeah. I uh, So... How should I feel is kind of the exact question that I I was hoping you might ask because here's what here's what I would what I would ask people to do because like Twitter's been weird the last two hours I mean it's been weird all the time forever but the last couple hours and change even just like from Chiefs Twitter has been kind of strange here's what I would ask you to do um, if you heard the dismount uh, of the story and it's like hey wasn't even there for for that. Um, good like that's that's a good place to be and i hope that that's 100 factually true will we will that, we know that that is actually factually true because i think there's i think there's murkiness within that statement that he yes. was technically not there well unless it, it's just hard to these situations are so difficult and this is why we lean on seth so much but like these cases are so difficult because um you know you have to go through as much evidence as possible but like I mean, who's who really knows? Who right. really There's, remembers who really remembers correctly? Who really can give themselves a detailed account of what they were doing hour by hour of said date? I just think there's murkiness and all that and like I'm I understand what Josh read and I'm not disputing it. I'm just saying that like you have to think of it more critically because there, we may never know the answers to any of this stuff. And at with that being said, I think at the bare minimum I would suggest maybe not like freaking pre-ordering the jersey right now because there's there's been a lot of like, hell yeah, punk God showing up on the timeline immediately. And what I would suggest is that even if the pretty much best case scenario in terms of his involvement, even if that is is as clear as it could be, which we will never know 100% factually, the reason that we have some evidence from what I was reading today is because of the amount of short videos taken around this entire circumstance. Videos that were difficult to be able to to be used in any of the hearings because they involved an underage girl. Like there's there is so much about this and the stuff that Ariza did cop to doing outside with a 17 year old girl who maybe he thought was 18, maybe and who knows? I I I don't know. What what I do know in the grand scope of this story is that no no sentence of this story makes me feel good. I I don't. And and it's not everybody who had a wild party in college and did some stuff in the lawn is an irredeemable person. That's not where I'm coming from either. 
but it's been it's been pretty uncomfortable for me to watch the level of sort of blind excitement and just going, he's acquitted, he's innocent, it's fine. I hope he is. I, I hope that everyone who could be innocent in this is. I hope that the damage done to everyone's life in this is as minimal as possible. But the, if the whole thing doesn't make you feel kind of gross, that's it makes me feel kind of gross. The whole, the entire scope of all yeah. of it, and having having to accept the fact that we are going to be working from fragments of information from this point on. Right now, now Raphael Ballard says, "Wouldn't the Chiefs do their homework first? Yes, that that's what that's what we said earlier that that the team would normally do its own investigation, its own background check." They would have multiple conversations with the athletes and and representation of that athlete. So none of this is surprising, I should say. Um, It's just surprising that it's happening now, I guess, is the bigger point, is that on February 22nd, before the combine, before you even really get a chance to look and, 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 you know, individually evaluate the college players beyond just being on campus and obviously seeing them on tape or at the games themselves. I mean, it's a a bit early. but my point was, uh, to Helen back doesn't need it's unnecessary. You don't need to write it. Just put a period. Cause I do believe that Matt is grateful and he should be grateful because he has been given another opportunity to potentially play in the NFL. He's still gonna have to earn his spot, which is another thing I said a few minutes ago. Is like Dave Toll might be more inclined to have more competition than he has ever really had at the punter position since he's been with the Chiefs and Andy Reid since twenty thirteen. So there's also an element of that too, but to Helen back, who is that serving? And again, this is someone who writes for a living. Who who is that serving? It's the I don't even think it serves the agent because the agent did his job. He got his client another opportunity. You're grateful for that opportunity. Shut your damn mouth. Don't say Helen back. Just be professional and don't put sauce on it. We're not asking for salt right now, okay? We just need the vitamins. The minerals, the vegetables, and the fruits, and get me to the protein when we get to protein time. When we cut that sizzle, it is sounds so sweet in August. Cause who knows? Matt could be punting for his job in August. But we do not need to put to hell him back on a rape allegation. Yeah, that feels reasonable. Here's my Chiefs thing for you, and then we can talk about anything else for the rest of the show. I promise. Again, we had a perfectly good show lined up. That rundown over there, we're going to go over to We really did. <laughs> we, we had a whole show even without Seth. I was like, well, we can, we could, Nate and I have plans. The thing from the Chiefs no, side. Don't, 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 don't say sorry. Uh, <laughs> don't say sorry, Ballard. I'm just saying, like, it's a it's a very fair question to ask, yeah. and, I'm, and we're happy to answer it. But like, don't be sorry because you're because you're late to the show. We obviously we adore we adore everyone who who listens and watches in real time. But just know that like, it's just so unnecessary. <laughs> well, and so here's the here's here's the thing, and the name that sticks out for me because it was the one that most quickly went went spoiled, which is that I they, they signed Damon Arnett when the rest of the team was playing playoff games still, right? Like, didn't that wasn't that a January future signing? And then how long was Damon Arnett on the Futures roster before there was another gun video and he got cut? Um, God, that's a great question. Two weeks? I would say within weeks, you know? Yeah, I mean, weeks. Yeah, weeks, I would say weeks within weeks. So, so, right. the, so, I mean, the look. Thing, um, the thing that frustrates me is twofold. One is that, quote, due diligence is just such a blanket statement that you can always say it and never tell us what it means. We did our due diligence could mean we talked to his college coach and he said this dude had a cannon and we checked the legal records and it said nothing pending. That could 
Or you could go way, way deeper, but Correct. if you don't give the Correct. details on that, I'm inclined to ask what due diligence actually looks like. The other thing, and it, Veach is going to have to talk at the Combine, and Reed will talk at the Combine, so they will actually have to answer for it at the Combine. Again, I think Damon Arnett was cut before the Combine, now that I'm thinking about it again. I don't think anybody ever asked, um, because he went from not on the Chiefs to not on the Chiefs between times you talked to Brett Veach. Reed and Veach will have to talk about Matt Ariza, but when this news comes out and the Chiefs tweet it, like there's a couple of free agent signings we made, I would appreciate it if there was a, a lick of proactivity in any of this, because right now what the Chiefs are saying is, yeah, we got to figure it out. Just just kind of trust us on this like you did with Justin Ross and with Damon Arnett and with Tyreek Hill at draft time. But when it's a draft pick, it's something you have to you have to talk about your draft picks immediately after. So at least some of that comes together. All of it to me just feels really, right. really unnecessary, unnecessarily clunky, unnecessarily non-communicative. Everyone got blindsided by the push notification all at the same time. And as of right now, the Chiefs haven't said anything. And again, they'll they'll talk on Tuesday, but it's such a passive way of going about all of it that I, I think it's a missed opportunity. And unfortunately, it's it's within the Chiefs' character of how they, they handle signings like this. I think that's all I got. Fair. Very fair. No, I was just going to, I was just like, fair. It's just a fair assessment. We'll take a break then, and uh, Seth's not here to pull the rug out from under, and this would be a weird time to do it anyway. Uh, but we'll take a break, and then we'll come back and work through the rest of the rundown that we'll hit at least two or three of. If we get to all four, I'll throw a little party at the end. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest-ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. KCSN.substack.com We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Nate, I did oh, a lot of talking, a lot to, of reading. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Lee, shout out to Leave Boss, <laughs> who says this is how I know you love the show and you get the show, guys. Uh, let's move on to a lighter topic. Should the Royal side Trevor Bauer? <laughs> incredible, incredible work, Leave. Yeah. Oh yes, lighter topic. You know, he what's what's his what's his walk per nine? <laughs> I don't really want to open the can, but a couple years no, ago, I'm just joking. I'm real, just joking. 
Royals got real close to doing something real wild. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it's just it would be cool to not have any responsibility whatsoever to talk about any of this. <laughs> um, so I would just be careful about things like proven and uh, big legal words that may be a little big for the britches in uh, in this category. But whatever, I've given you my side, so, and if you want to pre-order your punk god jersey, um, I, that'll only reflect on you. That's fine. So um, I've talked it, about a bunch. Comes... What 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 do you want to talk about, Nate? You pick you pick the next topic. So I know it says uh, Chiefs pending free agents. Obviously, we went through the luxurious Sneed and Chris Jones. Uh, and Seth through a lot of them in the Chief of the North newsletter. Yeah. Then I guess we'll kind of most <laughs> that one might be the one that gets most moved to Tuesday um, when so at, Seth yes. is no longer congested. So as much as we all put Nick Bolton under a a particular spotlight, <laughs> I guess. I guess I read it and I was like, wow, Seth really loves Drew Tranquil. Um, which by the way, who doesn't love Drew Tranquil? But I was like, he's ready to he's ready to he's ready to sign Drew Tranquil like yesterday. So we'll let we'll let Seth deal with that. One of these that I thought was interesting, he's not a free agent, is Seth um points out that the Chiefs should resign or not resign, they should extend, excuse me, Justin Reed. Yeah, uh, which is a thought I haven't come to yet. It's something that we might get discussed, obviously, at the combine. Um, Justin Reed has fit the system. I would honestly, I would honestly say seamlessly. Um, yeah. and, and again, he had pretty tough shoes to fill at 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 his point too. Obviously, with Tyron Matthew um, playing at very elite, almost near Hall of Fame levels in twenty twenty, um, he had a clear drop in production in twenty twenty one, and that ultimately led. Um, to the Chiefs not retaining him, but since then, I mean, Justin Reed is not somebody that you're asking to have interceptions, but man, he is very good in the back end. Uh, so that's another thought too. But in terms of like the rest of the penny free agents, um, I am interested to know. I know we have Leo Chanel on my data. My data is kind of involved in that. I want him to be involved in that. I want to. I want a girlie on Mike Dana at some point. So. If I were Brett Veach, how many conversations have you had with Nick Allegretti? Ian, hmm. in terms of the timeline of when he could potentially be available, and given the fact that there doesn't appear to be that many great guards in this year's draft class, I'm, I'm obviously projecting from what Dame Brugler at the Athletic has sort of informed me so far that, you know, guard is like not great. Uh, and they wouldn't even they wouldn't even be picking a guard usually until around round three, round four, round five. So Nick Allegretti becomes interesting just because of the injury and obviously how well he's played over the last several years. Um, but I don't know. Is there anyone else that that sort of jumps out to you in terms of you know? There's not that many players. I should say this too. There's not that many Chiefs players not named Chris Jones and Legereus Need who made the top 150 free agent list at the athletic that was put together by Mike Sando and Randy Mueller, um, former general manager of the dolphins and the Saints. So um, there's only like four players. Clyde is like one of the four included. And I was like, is Clyde one of the top 150 free agents? Uh, Eye of the beholder, I guess. Um, But yeah, the top 150 running back free agents. Is that your question? So unnecessarily mean. I just so needed a little comedic cut. I'm still I'm um, afraid of the comments. It's, 
I'll double check here in a minute, but I think it's Chris Jones, uh, Legereus Need, Big Drop, and then I think it's Drew Tranquil and Clyde Edwards Alaire are the four players of the top 150. Is Clyde ranked higher than Willie Gay? I don't think I don't think Willie Gay's on it, which is kind yeah, of shocking. I would put I would have Willie Gay on the list and Clyde not on the list if I was nitpicking. Yeah, but that but again, it's a it's kind of an eye of the beholder once you get past the top fifty. Really? I mean, let's do this top one. fifty are here's, all on question. Here's one that we did not talk about at all, like this last week. It was not in that top one fifty, but is very very relevant for the Chiefs. It could spin us out into a much larger conversation about one particular position. Where in again spoilers for the newsletter, and we'll talk to get Seth's actual view on this himself, um, hopefully on Tuesday. But Donovan Smith is in the let him walk category for Seth, mm-hmm. and it's interesting to me because Donovan Smith had a good playoff. I would say um, is is consistency in terms of holding the same tackle over year to year. Wanya Morris though is the third round pick going into his second season. And then aren't right. the Chiefs going to be in the tackle mix in the draft? Um, so where where do you sit on Donovan Smith and the left tackle position in general right now? Resign him. Um, that's what I wrote. Uh, I think it came out on Tuesday. Uh, this is basically the last thing I wrote before I went on, quote, unquote, not writing this <laughs> week. Uh, Don't text me about, about the puncher uh, week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that in the Slack channel, uh, Mike, my editor, was like, yeah, Nate's on vacation. <laughs> There's like, nothing for you doesn't... personally to write about there. It's any, <laughs> let's, here's what happened, and here's his last. Do we want to write a story about the new puncher for the Kansas City Chiefs? Nate's on vacation. Okay, shut and close. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> what I wrote is that um, Donovan Smith could return on another one-year deal. I believe that's. Um, a legitimate option right now for both sides. Um, you know, Wanye showed that he can play left tackle. Should he be your starter in year two? Seth would say no. I tend to agree with Seth on these matters. And one thing that I think you have to keep in mind in trying to limit the mental the the mental burden for Patrick Mahomes. How we how do we bring it down? It's obviously revamped the wide receiver position as you see fit. And also, can he not have the third straight new left tackle for the third consecutive season? So I think the odds are kind of in Donovan Smith's favor. Now, Donovan Smith is not the most um, aesthetically pleasing looking left tackle, but he was effective in the postseason. And if what you're trying to get is effectiveness and continuity among the offensive line, same with Nick Allegretti, then you should probably sign both of those guys to another one-year deal if they are um, comfortable with such a decision. Uh, Donovan Smith is a a lot further into his career uh, than Nick Allegretti. Nick Allegretti may want to start somewhere. That's the challenge for the Chiefs is like, I could be a legitimate starter if I get through this injury to my elbow pretty well throughout the offseason where I can compete for a starting job on another team. Um, I don't know... Uh, I think if you give Wanya Morris another year to develop under Andy Heck, that's probably that's probably the wise move. But um, guys, they're not going to trade up for for a left tackle. That that doesn't seem at least plausible at this point because there are other positions of need. And you did 
invest a third-round pick in Wanya Moore. So it's either him or Donovan Smith, or who knows, somebody else that's new who could be a salary cap cut because that's what happened with Donovan Smith last year. So me, it's easier to know that this player fits in our system. He helped us win a Super Bowl. Uh, he plays a valuable position. He wasn't making a ton of money last year, so it's not like you're going to double his salary necessarily. Um, but he is someone that can fit within your sort of salary cap sheet at this point. So what I've written is they should probably agree to another one-year deal, similar to like Jarrett McKinnon from the past. But, yeah, he's a very important person considering that he has a better chance of returning to the roster than like Willie Gay does or Clyde edwards layer. And I think also keeping Donovan Smith allows you to do two things. Is One, as you mentioned letting Wanya Morris develop. You can also call it an honest-to-goodness open competition at left tackle in training camp if you want to go that way. And, and yes, maybe, you can. Maybe, maybe Donovan Smith is going to, like, maybe the plan is, like, if I'm going to be here, man, I don't, don't be splitting my first team reps in training camp and let's just make sure we're ready to go. And even in that case, you have Wani Morris, I think at that point, as a more than serviceable swing tackle who is still at that point so early in his career that if he's your starting left tackle in year three with two years of of spot playing as he played several games right. this year and started several games this year, and then maybe he does that again yes. next year, then, then yes. you're in a spot where that's that's real value you can claim. The, the Chiefs offensive line right now is expensive, and it's probably not going to change, where left guard is expensive, right tackle is is on the books now, only starting next, this upcoming year, is expensive, right? and guard and the other tackle, or excuse me, uh, center and the other guard are going to be expensive or young soon, younger even than they are now, because they're either going to pay Creed and Trey Smith, or some combo of them, or have to do something else. So if you also want to pay your left tackle $20 million a year, it's not that I don't think that's financially viable unless you are totally comfortable having by far the most expensive offensive line in football and the most right. expensive quarterback, depending on how the cap hits shuffle. You're going to have some cheap receivers and some some values on the defensive side. And so I I would love for Wanya Morris to be the starting left tackle on this team either this year or next. Now, Josh, we all know someone making left tackle money with a RT next to his name. There's an LG making LT money while we're at it. So if you need to make a move or two, might want to move that boy Jawad to left tackle if worse come to worse, okay? Now, I have no idea who the right tackle is. Maybe it's, maybe it's is Lucas it, Niang? Does that make him maybe? better? Lucas Niang? I mean, versatility is what we're always looking for. Prince Tango was getting worked until he got hurt, so I'm like, I'm cool to bring him back another one year and fill up the depth and everything. Uh-huh. It's easier to draft a right tackle late in the draft round than it is to draft a left tackle late in the rounds. So there is where they pay the right tackle. That. I'm not. <laughs> I was cool with it. That I was like, saying. wow, that's left tackle. Yeah. We're all like, wow, that ain't, that, ain't that left. Hold on. That 20 per year? I thought that's left tackle money. And then they said, no, he's playing left tackle. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And then we got to training camp. Guys, he didn't take a single snap at left tackle in training camp. Not a single one. Not a single one. So, now part of that is because Donovan Smith exists. But, hey, man, you making all that money? Go switch over there.
I don't know if that's better for him or Wanya Morris, but I look forward to having many long conversations about that. Oh, it's terrible for Wanya Morris development. Um, It's terrible. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how to feel about all that. Um, let's let's hop down to Mike Dana then, because I just specifically wanted to, to pick your brain on where the Chiefs are at with him, and I don't know if you know a whole lot more than than I do, or or just sort of where we're at with him in in, in particular. And we can go back and talk about Leo, but the Chiefs' defensive line right now is scary in a bad way, just because who is under contract <laughs> right now? Right, right now, there is one healthy starting defensive lineman under contract for the Chiefs next year. It is George Karloftis. Yep. You can be optimistic about FAU. I think if you've got him starting there week one, I disagree. Let's see it. I disagree that that will be where they end up or that that's where they should end up, but I'm happy to see him be a third rotation guy, whatever. Yeah, he should probably probably be a rotational guy. Again, slowly slowly progressing. He does not need to start next year if, if things are going well. If you took 32 overall off of his report card, you would not say that B.J. Thompson should be starting next year. Like, this year was red shirt. Next year is rotational guy. Year three, you hope they're playing a big, big role just with the path that Felix has been on. I don't I don't want to be a hater. I That's fine. I get it. Um, but so with, with that lineup being there, Derek Nottie, pending free agent. Tershawn Wharton, pending free agent. Charles Aminahu, just I, I have to imagine, starts on the pup list. That's why I'm not including him in that list. Yeah, I, I would say, like, give him till October, maybe November, depending on how the injury and the rehab goes, yes. And then even then, is he is he a, a diminished player in, in still the first year of his recovery of an ACL tear? I mean, right. that's, a big, that's a big deal. So, with all of that being said, I... I'm looking at Mike Dana right now, and I've always liked Mike Dana, but at no point did I think like, okay, we're going to make sure that that he is getting paid decent money to stick around. And I don't know what mm-hmm. how the rest of the league is viewing him either, but he can do some inside outside stuff. He, he has been a real part of this of this defense throughout his career here, and I'm at a spot where I might be, I might be a little more likely to ever so slightly overpay Mike Dana because of the situation that Chiefs are in right now. Otherwise, they're going to have to bring in a lot of outside pieces to rebuild this defensive line or spend a lot on Chris Jones and then et cetera. So what's the the feeling on that for you right now? Yeah, it's a it's a great um, it's a great way to look at it, because either you pay Chris Jones and you spend like a second round pick on a defensive Mm -hmm. line, right? Either tackle or edge. Or someone who can be versatile enough to do both, similar to like George Karloftis. Now, I'm gonna put something out there, guys. I don't want to make anybody sad, but I know exactly where Mike Dana can go next month if he so chooses. I know exactly where Mike Dana can go. I know exactly the team Mike Dana needs. We Is he need going back Mike to Michigan? Dana. Is that where you're at? <laughs> Fire up the trucks, guys. The Detroit Lions per yeah. over the cap. Yeah. Oh, my God. They have $50 million in cap space. Give Mike Dana $9 million. Just cut him a check. Can you imagine capable, reliable, dependable Mike Dana opposite of Aiden Hutchinson? Brock Purdy wouldn't have made the Super Bowl. <laughs> and look, at that that number, Detroit, I don't think it's happening, so that's fine. <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't know what the numbers would be, but I'm just saying that like there's only one issue that Detroit needs. More pass rush 
more coverage people. Yeah. <laughs> like Go, they so, they can they can play into the compensatory formula by by um signing Mike Dana and then the Chiefs can get a, a nice pick from him in exchange for Legarius Sneak. Cuz I think they legit might be the best landing spot for both of those guys. For both. Yes. Yes, for both. Um especially a team that needs to push it to to continue their run to prominence um as the Detroit Lions, you know, fear the roar. Um I I think the Chiefs might be competing with the Lions. Mike Dana obviously played at Central Michigan, moved up to Michigan from Detroit. Man, they really need a Mike Dana. I'm dead. I'm dead serious, kids. Like yeah. they need a Mike Dana so bad. Um, yes, yeah, some you know, Latrell says the Texans, sure, fine. Texans are big game hunting. Um, I would say in the defensive line. So keep that in mind. Like the Texans want Will Anderson and Dude. Enter dude here. Um Whereas Detroit may be more like, hey, we have a dude. We need supplements to help that guy. Um, Mike Dana is probably less likely to come back than like Derek Nottie. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Um, Derek Nottie acknowledged to us in training camp last year that he basically gave up more money to be a part of the Chiefs because he cares that much about winning and he loves working with everybody obviously in the Chiefs organization. So he he was willing to give up, say, a million dollars. I'm just making some number up. But basically like, hey, I could make whatever point what, or I could just make that money, um, or I could make a, a decent amount of that money if we go back to the Super Bowl. And guess what, kids? They went back to the Super Bowl. So, because um, you get more money if your team makes the postseason. Um, so, yeah, I just... I don't know where Mike Dana's situation is going to be other than to say um, the Detroit Lions should be calling him nonstop. Uh, The Tennessee Titans could get involved, which seems weird, but, like, I'm okay with Mike Dana in a Tennessee Titans jersey, I guess. Um, That feels feels like that. But with B.J. Thompson and, again, the the, the chance to draft a, a defensive lineman in the second or third round, puts Mike Dana kind of on that cutting edge of like, will he stay? Will he go? It's really a 50-50 proposition in my eyes. Uh, let's take a brief intermission. I have a squirrel problem, Nate. And it's if you see me looking ever this way in the video, I've got a uh-huh. window right here in my office, which very frequently, thank you, Tucker, for the nonsense lander. Um, I very frequently look out <laughs> because I have a bird feeder right out here and another one that I've hung up over on this other tree. We got a couple of cardinals that are always around, which is really cool. And this year we've had a lot of woodpeckers, which are great because woodpeckers Ooh. are crazy. Woodpecker, woodpeckers are ridiculous. They're like tongue wrapping around their skull or whatever. And one of them is big and some of the woodpeckers are smaller. But I've got this big bird feeder on a, on a post here. And yes. I'm looking at it right now. Because I finally, after years of just occasionally running out there like a maniac to try to scare squirrels away off of it, Scout is not a squirrel hunter, and the new three-legged dog is not really a squirrel hunter either. Uh, he's a runner with his three legs, but he's not vicious. Legs, yes, so, yes. Unless he's trying to get attention, then he'll, he will bite your face. But right now I am watching, well, I'm looking at the bird feeder, and it is hanging by <laughs> what I now know is called a squirrel baffle. It basically looks like the top of, like, an egg grill sort of thing, you know? So it makes it very difficult for squirrels to get to the bird feeder. And I have noticed over the last couple days it still felt like the feeder was emptying a little quicker than usual, but it's not full-on squirrel territory. I looked out the window a couple minutes ago. Is the squirrel dunking 
like hanging on the rim like Kevin Garnett in his prime, just just hanging nuts out there for the world to see. <laughs> Literally, he's a squirrel. Until about 10 seconds ago, Nate, I was sitting here watching one of these mother bleeping squirrels. I didn't see him get past the baffle. I think he came up the post and then under the baffle went out to the feeder and has just been hanging there eating my bird seed, which is way more expensive than you think it should be on account of it being bird food, uh, which grows in the yard everywhere. And I don't mind. I'm generally I'm fine with squirrels. They're not my favorite of the little rascally rodent to rodentia kind of things, but they're fine. I don't want to hunt. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to kill the squirrels. They're fine. But I don't want them to eat my bird food. We have bought spicy bird seed, which one of those squirrels never went back to because squirrels have spice receptors or whatever, and birds don't, apparently. One of those worked. One of them didn't. Interesting. One of them squirrels absolutely still hauled through. Now I have the bathroom and the feeder, (laughs) and and my bird feeder is bleeping empty. So I'm going to go try to move after the show. I'll try to move the baffle into, like, on the post mode, I guess, and see if that works. Yeah. They're, it's really they're everywhere. It's they're everywhere, and they're so wily, and it's everywhere. so disconcerting that I just can't. Like one of the many things in my life, I apparently have no control over is if the food I put out for the birds gets eaten by birds or squirrels. So I'm open to advice. Um, do I do I think about it occasionally? Giving how can I give squirrels coffee just to see <laughs> the reaction? Of course, I think of that all the time. Um, I grew yeah, up watching no, Over sorry. the Hedge we, so much. I get it. Um, All time great. So look, I think, I think you just got a little uh, look, man. It's like it's like the dunk contest. That might be more entertaining than what we saw on Saturday. That's a good point, and it may be more entertaining than the birds. So maybe I just right. have to learn to appre- they just well, they well, just, well. They, birds, bird needs to protect bird's house. That's that's, that's what I true think too. That's bird true. need to do what bird does, which is swoop in, you know? The, but, the only issue, if the if the squirrels took the same amount pound for pound as the birds took, it would I'd be fine with it. Like, <laughs> all right, it's a bird and squirrel. You'd have an eagle. Yeah, right. But the, the birds the birds are out here just like, oh sure, I'll have a sunflower seed and sing you a little song and then fly away and look beautiful in the sky. And the squirrels come Ooh. by and it's just like a ticket muncher sound of it. It's just like it's empty. It, I filled it like two days ago, and it's empty. I'm like thirty dollars of bird seed. These squirrels have eaten ten dollars of bird seed. Mm, Adam Sheehan says bird. birds playing some all star game level D, which is also true. yeah, very true. And also, I guess bird seed is just you got too much cap space. It's got to go somewhere. You got to pay somebody. Christian Kirk's ready for that contract. If you got to give him to him, I if we have eighteen bird seed. Give, if I threw a handful of bird seed into the air, I think a squirrel would come <laughs> leaping from one tree to another to eat yes. it out of the sky before a bird ever could. <laughs> so frustrating. Um, Looking at an empty bird feeder and no squirrels uh, or birds. Unbelievable. Um, look, in terms of the nonsense category, guys, it's the off season. Yeah, get used to it. Get used we to it. We don't have a. We don't have a schedule. We don't have, we don't even know well, picks yet. Okay. I mean, come on. I mean, look. We have a schedule. Um, I mean, we kind of have a schedule, but, like, we don't have a schedule. Um, When's the schedule come out? When's the draft? I ain't looked at none of this, okay? You, 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 we talking about free agency? 
it's crazy. I free agency's in like three weeks. Crazy. Um, but look, expect more nonsense. Enjoy the enjoy the ride, kids, because I'm enjoying so much for you know KCSN having us for you all being a part of this lovely uh show. You know, I got really emotional um a couple days ago because I was thinking about like, well, we are this is sort of the bookend of our first regular season on KCSN. Uh Tucker is still still among the living. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we didn't know where, where our home was in training camp. <laughs> Kind of a Mike we, Pinnell of Chiefs podcasts. We really <laughs> I like to think we made an impact on the playoff run, but we did not know where we were signing in training camp. We didn't know where we were played in training camp. Uh, you know, we got we got unceremoniously cut for some reason I don't know. Cap and then <laughs> and then that and then that team does everybody know what I'm doing now? Because yeah, I don't want to get yeah, too excited. I, so. I don't want you to. Yeah, you're good. I would, now the team. Here, here's where the nonsense comes. Now the team wants me to promote our newest commemorative championship football season book. Um, after they cut us in August. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, it, it's called Undeniable: mm-hmm. The Kansas City Chiefs Remarkable 2023 Season. And wouldn't you know it? I have some additional copies coming my way. So, at some point, we will do a giveaway of some kind once these books are in my possession. Um, now, mostly the old word, mostly the words are written by yours truly. I don't know if that's a great selling point or not. It's but a great selling point for me. I personally. don't know. I don't know. I think people can't uh, hope it's a selling point. <laughs> but. Let me remind you, kids, that I came back from a practice early in training camp, and they said, hey, dog, have you talked to Seth and Josh? And I said, yeah, baby, when we record next. About that. <laughs> and then, God bless BJ, Tucker, Kent, um, several others, and we're here. And I have a confetti update. Oh, okay. Hit me with that. Um, based on this lovely platform that KCSN has given us, based on the continuing of the tradition, we received, me and my assistant, who's related to be my marriage, have received the largest donation that we've had in the three-year, you know, uh, I guess, ceremony of this, where... Awesome. Based on Lindsay Jones's recommendation, she used to work at the Athletic. Now she's a, she's got onto the ringer. Lindsay Jones was like, "No, you should like grab a couple of confetti pals and like give it to listeners or subscribers or whatever." And now we're here, and um, this is before postage, this is before labeling, this is before like the operation. We may have to pay people to do this. <laughs> and the combines next week. Thanks, NFL. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm afraid to ask on the show though. So I did. Did I need to go through the form? No, no, no. You're We're good. On, like, you're good. Secret. Okay. You're good. Clint's good. Uh, <laughs> Brendan Roberts is good. Like everybody's good. My dad's good. I don't know about you. I'm Beverly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Seth, I got is... you. I'll give you one piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he'll give you one dollars. Um, 
we will probably reopen it up. We just got to go through some things this weekend. Um, so on Tuesday's show at the Columbine, we should have an update about whether or not we can um, give a specific time and date as to when you can apply to confetti. Now, if you've already submitted the form and you're in, you're in. Don't don't be sweating it and don't be don't, double applying. Yeah, don't don't. We don't need double applications. But um, to end it here, I would just say that we've received um, upwards of like eight grand in donations, which is mind blowing. And of course, once we get through all of that, uh, that will be donated to Ronald McDonald House here in Kansas City. So it's a it's a great thank you. Uh, I know we didn't get to it last week because of certain events, certain stupidity, I would say. Um, And uh, I just appreciate everybody for being here. I mean, some people have donated three bucks. Some people have donated 20 bucks. Like it is, um, it is so heartwarming uh, that, that people want me to go on the 50 yard line to scoop confetti off the NFL Super Bowl field. So they can frame it, so they can give it to, you know, friends or to family members, or they can surprise it for their significant other. Like, it's amazing. And this is all possible because KCSN was like, they cut who in training camp? (laughs) What? What are they doing over there? Not trying to win. (laughs) And also the team that's not trying to win would like for me to tell you to buy undeniable the remarkable story of the 2023 kansas city chiefs going for 16.99 on websites near you i'm sure we'll get a grab for tucker on tuesday because they want me to promote the hell out of this for the next month and who knows it may be in your local barnes and noble or local bookstore near you in the kansas city area And then next week, I'm going to talk about lessons learned from last year's offseason. Yep. (laughs) Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.